This is episode 42, dealing with transitions and figuring out next steps with Lisa. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Wonderful to have you back. Thank you again for listening. And a special thanks to all of those who've been going to iTunes and rating the show and leaving reviews. I love that. It means the world to me. Keep them coming. Thank you. We keep climbing and downloads. More and more people are finding out about the show. And I'm hearing from more of you. And I love that. When you reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram, I'm Christine Hassler on both, or Twitter, tell me what you think of the show. If there's certain things you want me to talk about, let me know. I just absolutely adore connecting with you. So today, I want to talk to you about seasons and not the kind that have to do with weather, but rather the seasons in our life. Yes, there are different phases in life, you know, graduating, finding your first job, the quarter-life crisis or the midlife crisis, getting married, having a child, starting a job, starting a company, selling a company, retiring, and so on. But there are also different seasons in life, which come more often than phases or big markers in our life. Times when we are busier with work, slowed down because of an illness, distracted by a relationship, or just going through internal growth that requires us to change our pace and priorities. Think of the life cycle of an athlete. My friend Lewis Howes gave me this metaphor. You're not always in the playoffs. In fact, you would burn out if you were. There's a training season, a game season, the playoffs, and then of course, off season. To play at their best, players respect the season they're in. And it's so important that we respect these seasons to be our best in life. I see far too many people live like they are in the playoffs all year long, go full steam ahead with very few breaks. Why? Well, a few reasons. The high that we get from doing, doing, doing. I've said before, I think we wear busyness as a badge of honor in our culture. I ask so many people, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. And although they're exacerbated when they say it, there's a sense of pride that comes with it as well. Somehow we've made doing, doing, doing more important than being, being, being. Second, constantly going for things is a distraction. When we're consistently looking for the next big thing, we don't have to feel the little things that are really big things that we've swept under the rug because we just don't want to deal with them. And finally, the reason we always want to be in the playoffs and not rest is because we're a little addicted to control. We're great at putting time and energy into achieving the results we want. And the more effort we put in, the more we feel entitled to get the results. When we get what we go after, we win. We feel a sense of security and accomplishment. We feel safe and on track and we want more. Why do we want more? Because it gives us that feeling of control. If I accomplish this thing, then I'm in control of my life. And we love control because the unknown is downright scary. In fact, I think control has become the master addiction. But the truth is, We really don't have complete control over our lives, and nothing illuminates that truth more brightly than an expectation hangover. Which brings me to our session with today's caller, Lisa. 
She relates to being a doer and overachiever and is calling and wondering what her next big thing is after going through some life transitions and expectation hangovers. As you're listening to this call, consider, are you going through a transition and trying to quote, figure out your next steps? Do you respect the seasons of your life or are you consistently putting yourself in the playoffs? Do you respect and honor the various seasons of your life? When a time comes when you should be in the off season, do you respect that or do you force yourself to get back in the game? Or maybe you spend too much time in the off season and you're not even getting into the game of life and playing. Have you ever been called or referred to yourself as a control freak? And finally, do you relate to being more of a doer than a feeler? Also, I want to bring your awareness to how my style with Lisa is a bit different in this call. I talk less than I usually do, and I'll explain why after our session. So be sure to listen to that. Now let's dive in to my session with Lisa. Well, hello, Lisa. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm at a kind of crossroads in my life. I'm a fairly new mom. My son is young, and I gave up my full-time job recently Um, I'm scattered in a million different directions, and I'm also recovering from the loss of my dad recently. So I think I'm just really confused about where to go next and sort of how to integrate all these different pieces together. So I'm just trying to figure out the best way to go about finding a direction. Oh, my goodness. So you had the loss of a parent, the birth of a child and transition out of a full-time job all pretty much at the same time? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And your question for me is how do I, what? How do I move forward and figure out where I'm going with my life? I I feel like I, ever since giving up full-time work, I'm working in a bunch of different part-time capacities. I'm with, I'm home with my son I'm interested in sort of finding my next big thing. Okay. And I pa- don't know. Hold what on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. Hold on. So I feel like you just finished a marathon yeah. and you're asking me how to go climb a mountain. Like literally you just finished. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you relate to being a bit of a doer and didn't, overachiever? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Was that incredibly satisfying, fulfilling, and relaxing for you to live like that? It was the way that I related to people when I was younger, which wasn't necessarily the healthiest way, but it's what my skills were at the time growing up. And I'm trying to unlearn some of those habits, but apparently it's not coming along as far as I'd like. (laughs) Right. As evident by your question. So let me, let me just back up a second. First of all, like I honor the fact that you want to explore what's next. And, um, those are great questions to be asking, but it might just be great question, wrong time. Right. Cause let's really, let's really honor where you're at right now. New mom. Mm -hmm. Dad just transitioned, just gave up full-time job. Yeah. Okay. That is a lot of transition all at once. It is. It is. Right? 
So just actually feel that. Feel how much change you've been through in the past, what, year, six months? How long has all this been? Well, my dad became ill three years ago, um, and he passed away fairly recently. Um, And he actually became ill. I was pregnant. Oh, and I also had a miscarriage before that pregnancy. So actually, it's really been three and a half years that I think things have been sort of upside down and crazy. Okay. Um, But yeah, it, it feels like it's been, like you said, a marathon, absolutely nonstop. And I think the pain was so much that I, as always, jumped right into, well, if I do something and make meaning out of it and transform it into something else, then it's a way of coping with it. But maybe I've been avoiding it. So how old is your, you have a son? I do. How old is he? Um, He'll be three soon. Okay. And when he's upset, how do you soothe him? I repeat back how he seems to be feeling and I give him the feeling words. Um, I tell him it's okay to feel that way. And I sort of let him have the feelings. And then we, you know, if, if anything needs to be done to figure out how to help him, then we do that. Um, That's beautiful. So why don't you mother yourself like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually not a rhetorical question. Why don't you mother yourself like that? I think that I, it feels vulnerable to be in the child role. It feels less in control and it, it feels, I think, I think it's sort of connecting with stuff that maybe I dealt with incompletely that, you know, if I put myself back in that position, I feel very vulnerable. Are you willing to go there with me on this call? Yeah, sure. Okay. Beautiful. So what felt so scary back then that maybe you haven't fully dealt with completely? Um, One thing that I don't remember consciously, but that may have played a role is that my grandfather passed away when I was about the same age that my son is now. And I don't have any conscious memories of him, but I'm told that we were very close and that I was very upset afterwards. And I guess the other thing is just my elementary school years were very unhappy in relationship to other kids. You know, I, I was got along great with adults, but I felt really isolated as a child among my peers. Um, and that lasted a really long time and I really didn't have the skills to figure it out and I didn't really get access to help with that so much um, as long as I was performing well academically at the time the schools didn't really take that as their responsibility um, so it's one one thing that I do remember very clearly and another thing that probably had an impact that you know, it comes up for me because, you know, now my son's not going to have any memories of his grandfather either. Mm. Mm. So with those two things, with a loss of love early and with feeling isolated and compensated, compensated by doing, yes. um, what coping strategies do you think you've developed any time that there's a time of uncertainty or transition? 
I look to someone who can validate me, um, whether it was a parent and, you know, I have a close relationship with my mom, but I don't have that relationship with her as much anymore as I used to. It became more like bosses at work and coworkers, like trying to, um, appear very competent and very, um, you know, high achieving in other people's eyes and performing well and, you know, putting myself out there as, you know, very reliable and responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and also doing things. And, and yes, <laughs> and doing mm-hmm. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So that beautiful gift you're giving to your son of honoring his feelings, letting him have his feelings, talking them through and not moving him out of them. Yeah is something that you are craving. Yeah. That's more important than any other next step you could take right now. Because any next step is going to be from this place of, I feel anxious. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I've got to go do something. It's it's coming from a trigger rather than you authentically going out and wanting to co-create something. Right. It's reactionary versus inspired. Right, right. The thing is, too, you're doing an amazing job of how, of raising your son and teaching him how to feel his feelings. But in, and kids learn a lot from what we tell them and how we interact with them. But guess what else they also learn a lot from? What we actually do. Watching us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And at this point, he's too young to consciously, you know, talk, you know, cognitively understand it. But I'm sure that if there are times that he perceives that I'm anxious or I'm my energy is very scattered, I'm sure that he can pick up on that. I think he picked up on it a lot when he was an infant. He was a very, you know, difficult, I mean, he had a difficult beginning and, um, I think I had really huge anxiety when he was super little. Um, Now he's at an age where, you know, when I was a teacher, like this is the age that I started with and I'm very comfortable with it. So I'm able to sort of put it aside to some extent because it almost feels like I'm at work. But, um, you know, I don't really want that to be the energy um, that that it comes out when I'm with him either. I want it to be more natural. Mm. Mm. So how do you think you can do that? Uh, I think that I need more of an outlet for when it, so, so that I have some time during the day where I can just grieve the loss of my dad or, you know, figure out sort of <laughs> what what else is coming up that I haven't worked through that I need to work through. Yeah. And it's not so much about figuring it out because that's very mental. It's really about allowing space because here's the thing. When it comes to our healing, our soul, like I've never, (laughs) I can't imagine a soul saying, I really need to figure this out. (laughs) Our our emotions (laughs) also, you know, it's, it's our inner self doesn't speak like that. When we create this space, when we stop the compensatory strategies of overdoing, controlling, people-pleasing, judging, like all those things that we do to basically distract ourselves from feeling, 
we stop all that and we create the space, our higher self will lead. The emotions that need to come forward will come forward. The memories that need to come up will come up. You can trust that. But if you're consistently distracting yourself, running around, trying to quote unquote figure out what to do next, that inner part of you doesn't feel safe enough to feel and to allow the things that need to come up and out to come up and out. So this is about making space for yourself, giving yourself permission not to go figure out the next big thing and just to be and to honor there's seasons in our life, Lisa, Mm -hmm. and you keep wanting to be in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not the season Mm -hmm. you're in right now. Yeah. You're in a transition. You're in a time when a lot's being triggered. You're in this um, more inward time. And a time to root and be present and not just parent your son, but parent yourself and heal. You know, we've got loss of grandpa, we've got miscarriage, and we've got dad. Yeah. And sometimes when we have a lot of loss, we our fear grips on even tighter and we try to control our life even more. Because the thing about death everything from losing a grandparent to miscarriage is that it, it, it triggers that, that core fear of uncertainty and going, holy, you know what? I, mm-hmm. We really don't have control over everything. Oh, that's so true. It's, it's re- it really is so true. And, you know, with my dad, because his illness was kind of mysterious and he was a totally healthy, vibrant, you know, athletic you know, working full time, even though, you know, he was in his early seventies, you know, so he was not an old man and it was not, you know, that he was worn and tired. It was a total mystery and it was sudden. So that was really scary. Just thinking that if that could happen to him, it could really happen to me, to my husband, to my son, to my mom, you know, to anybody. And, you know, you just, you look at doctors and they don't know what to do. And they don't, you know, there's nothing that anyone can do. It's just going to happen as it happens. And the best that you can do is be with the person and and hope that they don't, you know, help ease their suffering as much as you can. Yeah, it totally changes how you look at things. Well, and it's an interesting thing about love too, because like in a lot of ways, the more we love, the more we try to control. Yeah. But we have to realize that love is formless and attachment is not love. And your love for your dad, your love for your grandmother, I mean, grandfather, excuse me, that, that never goes away. Right. And I know how much you love your son. I know how much you love your husband and just let your, let your heart break open because of love. Yeah. Let yourself really feel how much love you've had in your life, what yeah. you've lost, what you have. And instead yeah. of trying to navigate your emotions by doing things and controlling things, 
let yourself deeply feel. Just let your heart break wide open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let let that be your compass instead of just your mind. Let your mind be a servant of your heart versus the other way around. Yeah. There's nothing to figure out right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've been so just wrapped up in details trying to manage day to day and I think whenever I have any spare time I throw something else in there um you know I take on another part-time thing or I take on a new project and you know I just end up looking for something else because I think I'm just looking for something that isn't really going to be there mm-hmm. so it's, yeah yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> So what's your takeaway from this call? I need to give my heart more space. Mm -hmm. Stop cluttering things up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Just be Mm -hmm. patient. Yeah. Yeah. Be patient. Be present. Honor the transition you're in. Mother yourself. Yes. Allow space for the feelings. And when that part of you and that compensatory strategy of I've got to go do something comes up, respond to that in a different way. Say, thank you so much, this this doer part of me. You have served me well for so long and I respect you. And I'm, I'm not trying to get rid of you. I'm just giving you a job description. And the new job description is to help remind me to be, mm-hmm. that it's okay to make space. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) How do you feel? I feel relieved. I feel sad. Um, just thinking about all these losses and how, how much maybe time I could have been using in a different way, but, that's past. So yeah, it's just yeah. about what's going forward. Yeah. So self-beat and self-criticism won't help. You were doing right. the best you could. You might yeah. not have been ready. See, a lot of times, sweetheart, we have to, like your son in so many ways is a great teacher. You've had three years of learning how to mother so that you could mother yourself. Yeah. Before now, you might not have been able to do this. Right but you know what it's like to mother. You know what it's like to love unconditionally. This is the perfect time. So no regret. Right. Just deep gratitude for where you are right now. Yes. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. That sounds great. It was so amazing to hear her get to her vulnerability at the end of the call and hear the tears start to come and have her really feel into the sadness. It's not that I wanted Lisa to feel sad, but I was hoping that she would feel 
She's been repressing a lot of sadness and loss for many, many, many years. She's been so in the game of her life that she's forgotten to stop and really mother herself and be present with what happened. Even she had the aha that she said in her own words, she's been upside down and crazy for three and a half years. I acknowledge her willingness to let go of the reins of control and just be so that all the things that she was suppressing could come up. And I knew that she was ready because of how she said she mothered her son. And that's the beautiful thing about our soul growth. You know, our higher self, our inner wisdom knows exactly when the right time is to process something. She had the incredible experience of being a mother for three years, and now she can relate that to being a mother to herself. Maybe she wasn't ready to deal with these things until now, and now she is. So that's another season we have to respect. Sometimes we're not ready to deal with something. Sometimes we don't remember something until later. But when it starts to come up, it's so, so crucial that we respect that and be with it. Now, a little about my approach with Lisa. I could sense, as I'm sure you could too, that she's a highly intelligent woman who likes to figure things out. And since I knew figuring things out was a big value for her, I wanted her to have the experience of figuring things out, but in a different way. Instead of coming up with an action step, my intention was to hold a lot of space for her, to model what a container with compassion and no urgency feels like so she could look within for her own answers. It was important she connected to her own inner wisdom about what she really needed. And you heard how many of her own conclusions and insights she came to. It was simply my job to hold this space for her and ask her questions. So for you coaches out there, do not underestimate the power of holding space and asking questions. Realizations that people come to on their own are profound. Another thing I want to highlight is there's the temptation when we're going through change, especially any kind of loss, we long for a distraction rather than really feeling and being in it. When we actually let go of the distraction, we stop looking for the next thing, we do feel less in control. And I understand that that can feel scary and a lot of anxiety can come up. But I promise you, If you go into it, if you hold that loving space of compassion for yourself, or maybe now is the time to reach out to someone that can hold it for you, you will get to the other side of that fear. You will get through that anxiety. Suppression only leads to more suppression and more repression and perhaps even depression. So some takeaways for you. First, all you parents out there, especially you moms, make sure you make time for yourself. If you focus 100% of your time and energy into only mothering your children and not parenting yourself, is that truly of highest service to your child? The better parent you are to yourself, the better parent you will be to your children. Also, like you heard with Lisa, our kids are spiritual teachers. Oftentimes when our kids get to a certain age, they will trigger issues or memories of hours from that certain age. So just be attuned to that as your kids get older. If you start to notice you're feeling something when they're three or eight or 10 or whatever age it is, if you notice you're getting triggered or you're having some difficulty, ask yourself, what was going on in my life at that time? And is there some healing that I need to do? Next, let your heart break wide open. Don't be scared because underneath anger or hurt 
is love. I know that grief is so, so, so painful. But if we don't acknowledge it and feel it, it eventually hardens our heart. And I don't want any of your sweethearts out there hardened. And next, like I said to Lisa, let your mind be a servant of your heart versus the other way around. Don't let your mind be your master. And if you need some help with that, I highly, highly, highly encourage meditation. A meditation practice, even five minutes a day of listening to your own breath will really help you attune to your own inner wisdom and heart. Sometimes in life, there are things to figure out, but sometimes there's not. And really be honest with yourself. If you're addicted to that next best thing, figuring out, being in the playoffs, And can you let that go and be more in flow with the seasons of your life? And I want to end with a quote. The mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be kindled. And that's from Plutarch. Sending you much love and many blessings until next week. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.